Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone. Um, We spent last week talking about our Jane Austen breaking news, and since we're making those separate costume theater episodes rather than discussing Jane Austen news at the top of every Emma Approve episode, we're just going to dive right in, I suppose. Yeah, Um, and there's quite a lot to talk about with these episodes. There's a lot to unpack in these two episodes. So the first that we're going to talk about is episode seven, What Really Matters, written by Bernie Sue. Things are getting really tense and really insane. (laughs) This is like Emma's last ditch effort to save Annie Taylor's wedding from one, being a a total disaster, and two, and Annie figuring out that she's not canceled anything. So (laughs) Emma's trying to do some damage control on herself. This started as like kind of a messy problem Yeah, that, Emma has been festering in, and now it is a borderline insurmountable obstacle, because basically, Emma's good friend Annie, who also happens to be her client, like, a matchmaking client, Mm -hmm. is like, I want to cancel my wedding. And Emma is like, no, don't do that until your fiancé gets back from Europe, and then do it. And so she has- But yeah, in the process, though, she's technically, Emma's supposed to be canceling everything Mm -hmm. and getting as many deposits back to save them as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. So Annie thinks that's happening. And and it's not happening. Yeah. (laughs) And what's worse than that, Emma has come to her own conclusion as to, like, instead of doing what Annie asked, She's like, instead, I'm going to try and go behind my friend's back and figure out why she would want to cancel this wedding because she loves her fiance. That's the thing is like, she's not going about it quite as a friend. She's just going about it as a matchmaker because any friend would just ask, hey, so why (laughs) do you want to cancel this wedding to this great guy? And instead, Emma's just, like, going through every back avenue and trying to figure out, like, having Harriet, like, internet stalk every possible guest and try to figure out what's the source of Annie's stress. Annie's stress about it. Not only that, I feel like the conclusion that she comes to, I would never come to, ever. Yeah. I feel feel like the conclusion that she comes to, which is that Annie feels unwelcome by the family because her fiancé's stepbrother hasn't sent a gift or RSVP'd, I feel like I would never come to that conclusion. I'd just be like, what a dick. Why does Annie not want to marry her fiance? And she's, it's confirmed in this episode, she's lucky that she guessed correctly. Yeah. She's lucky that that's actually the problem and it's not the serial killer thing that I was thinking. I felt like his brother really didn't like me. Frank Churchill? He thought I was marrying Ryan for the money, or so I thought he thought when he declined the invitation. I mean, if it is, like, if this is, like, a high-stakes wedding for Annie, if, like, the family is a big deal and she hasn't felt welcome by them, like, I guess some one person not RSVPing can be a major statement on something that she already has a lot of doubts about, like, of how they're accepting her. So if, like, this is already something that she's been inventing in her own mind of, like, they don't want me in the family, I'm not good enough for their son, I'm not rich enough, I'm not of, like, the same background, and, oh my goodness, his brother has not RSVP'd, and this is his statement to me. 
And like that's how she's like gone down. That's <laughs> like the serious everything. rabbit hole. Though. Yeah, and the thing is, Emma kind of matched her she right there. The rabbit hole. <laughs> she was like, "I know where this is going," <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, "Oh, that's totally not what I was thinking." Yeah, I was thinking, I guess, was- which is shows like Emma's skill at being able to like think about things and at every possible angle and really trying to analyze it down. Versus Knightley, who we've seen is like, "What if you're just logical?" And like, she doesn't love him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, what if they're having normal couple problems? Yeah. They should put Emma in, like, a war room or something. She should be working for, like, the Department of Defense or yeah. something. Like, Wade. Actually, it kind of reminds me of The Hunt for Red October. Okay. I doubt that, like, anyone's... <laughs> sure. I only know about this because it's they show it every single weekend on every single yeah, network. Like and my dad always yep. watches it. And I always walk in when, basically... <laughs> basically, it's, like, during the Cold War... And what's his face? Sean Connery's character decides to deflect. He's got like the most powerful submarine in the world. And Alec Baldwin is the only one who comes to the conclusion that he's trying to turn the powerful weapon over to the Americans so that the Russians don't have it. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And he's like, no, it's the anniversary of his wife's death. I think he's giving this to us. And I'm like, how could you know that? You know? And this is, this is that. This is our hunt for Red October moment. (laughs) Again, if Emma joined NASA... We would be on Mars. By We'd now. be on Mars by now. We would like have claimed space. <laughs> yeah, people would be living there already. <laughs> yeah, we need to address the fact that she wants to do something insane. Yeah, she basically calls in Alex and she's like, "I need you to like fake the quarterly reports saying we lost like eighty five percent of our earnings because of that- another company. Oh, yeah. the other co- because that way their investors would have to have an emergency meeting." The board would have to assemble immediately and they would literally have to stop their lives. Well, I don't need all the board members to stop their lives. Just one. Frank Churchill would have to come back from his like Norwegian hideaway. Yeah. And instead of coming into a meeting where he thought he was going to lose a ton of money, she would just be like, aha, Frank Churchill, you have been very rude to my friend. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? You all can leave. You have your money. There's no problem here except for you frank churchill yeah. like can you imagine how that like, would go down all of the board members would be like oh we're not losing money oh thank goodness and no, like, go back to their like, lives they'd be like wait alex knightley we're firing you because you gave emma's father this report and like i mean you know what the issue of that would fall on emma's father because yeah. he's the one who's giving the report and they would be like you gave us false information what are you trying to pull so she's not just putting them in in like jeopardy of their business she's putting her father in danger of her like his own reputation. job yeah. yeah it's insane like it is certifiably insane <laughs> and so alex does the right thing and he's like i support you except for when you're like going insane like this yeah. and you need a straight jacket yeah um, the analogy i use is that she's basically just lighting a house on fire and everyone's running out and she's gonna grab frank and be she's like, like no send a gift come to the wedding like strangling him while the smoke smolders around them. yeah exactly um, So luckily, so we have that huge debacle and she's like, hmm, I'm going to figure a way. Like like from the ending of Big Hero 6 when he's like, think around the problem. That's like forever going to be my go-to. I'm like, so smart. Just think around the problem. But right before Annie comes in though, she has Harriet come in, try to calm her down. Like, look at the gifts. Look at the gifts. Like nice, happy things. There's a moment on Emma's face where she comes up with an idea and she does something on her iPad, and we don't see what happens. Mm-hmm. Three hours later, Annie Taylor is in her office. And she's like, tra la I was overreacting. 
acting. I want to marry him. I was feel- And then she basically confirms that everything Emma thought was the problem was actually the problem. Yeah, which is, she was not wrong about a single detail, which is a little convenient, but <laughs> like every little thing she was right about it. But that's Emma, I guess. That's Emma. It's so, like, it's fascinating to me because Emma almost put everything she ever had in jeopardy yeah. to save this, to bring Frank Churchill out of hiding because that's what she assumed the problem was. And Annie is just like, oh, any chance you didn't cancel anything? I still want to marry him because I feel welcome now mm-hmm. because Frank Churchill allegedly wrote a letter. So is he coming to the wedding? I'll have to change the seating arrangements. No, but he sent his apologies for not being able to be there. And he sent a really amazing gift. Oh, Really? What was it? A handmade pasta guitar from Italy? A pasta what? I want to get married right now just so I can register for a pasta maker. Because <laughs> that's whatever human needs. A pasta maker. Emma's like, thank God. Oh, and you must be so stressed. Here's a spa day. I mean, well, she gets herself one too. What's funny is that when Annie asks her, like, you didn't cancel anything, did you? Emma shows her the torn up contracts and Annie's just like, oh, great. And I'm like, what? I know. I'm like, I'm panicking. I'm like, you tore up our contracts? It's like, and she was like, oh, Emma, you always know best. And I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out. I know, but like, wait, those are our contracts. So what's still valid about this? And that's, again, the friend matchmaker lines are blurred. Who yes. knows what this relationship is at this point? Well, because Emma knows best, basically. Because when Harriet is trying to make Emma feel better, she's like, "It's thank you for showing me that it's you're a good friend first and a good matchmaker second. Yeah. Which yeah, is going to yeah. come into play in the next episode. Should we start talking about that? Let's go into it. Episode eight, Being a Great Friend, written by Barney Sue. So basically, this is just Emma gloating and this bragging. This is our decline. This is coming off the high of saving the wedding. Yes. She, everything is going to move forward as planned. Her perfect record is still perfect. And she brings Alex in to tell her that she's right. She was right all along. You're not going to let this go, are you? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Congratulations on saving Annie and Ryan's wedding. Why, thank you, Mr. Knightley. I very much enjoyed their little charades game where she was telling him exactly how to praise her. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this works. And and then he's so adorable because she's like, he was like, "Uh, I was wrong. You were right. Blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, seriously, great job. And I was like, oh my gosh, Alex Knightley, you're so dreamy the way you actually compliment her. her a genuine compliment even though she was fishing for compliments and guiding his exact words he gave her a real compliment which was really sweet seriously though nice job because ultimately he sees like all right that's why i'm the numbers guy i don't deal with this stuff she can deal with the vision and all of the actual creative and everything dealing with people I'll just stay in my room and in my office, deal with the numbers, not ask questions. Yes, yes. But then, then it gets really juicy because we're like, okay, this is just like a little like filler episode coming in after Mm -hmm. the high of saving the wedding. But then Alex leaves and then he comes back and he's like, hey, uh, I just found this box. And like, I guess we can only assume that it's was Annie brought it in or something. No, I think it got sent to the office and he opened it but it was so it was basically frank churchill's letter to annie welcoming her to the family and it was like i don't think there's no way annie would have brought it in because she thinks her gift was the pasta maker 
She thinks Frank's gift oh! is the pasta maker. So, so, I get what's happening. So he did actually send a gift. So that moment now from episode seven where she kind of has an idea, I think that's the moment where she switched her gift to be Frank's gift. Well, yeah. So, sorry. I didn't actually get that until right now. Because I was oh, like, okay. that's basically so... Audience, this is how brilliant this is that we just like watched it and talked about it. And I'm like coming to this conclusion now <laughs> is that I, I I understood that Emma was the one who sent the letter and the pasta maker yes. to Annie as Frank. Yes. Hoping that that would like ease her, like assuage her concerns. What I didn't realize was Frank did actually send a letter and a gift. Right. That's the part that so got past me. I'm guessing that he got their office address from his assistant who was just like just send it whatever and that tiffany's jewelry whatever it is Mm -hmm. is actually his gift but emma's just gonna give that as her gift to annie instead you lied to annie hey i couldn't be sure frank was gonna do the right thing so i made sure he did well the moral of the story is frank did do the right thing. He did the right thing. And I'm like really close timing, you know? But Emma was not taking any chances. No, she, she wasn't. wrote a fake letter and sent a fake gift to Annie from him. Like, what if she wrote like, sorry, you can't come to the wedding, but I still love you. What if Frank had RSVP'd to the wedding? Like, yeah. how would she have solved that? I don't know. But that's the other thing, too. It's like, say one day Annie's, like, wearing whatever necklace or bracelet, and Frank's like, oh, you're wearing it. And she's like, oh, yeah, my friend Emma got it for me. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) So, you know, that's a a rich people's problem that he's never going to actually ask about, like, the gift he got her. Perhaps it's such a rich people problem that he asked his assistant to just send something from Tiffany's and he doesn't even know what he got her. Yeah, that's that's also possible that he has no idea what the gift is and he's like, send something. Send it. Basically, Alex is like, I can't believe you did that. That was very ballsy. And she's like, yep, it was ballsy, but I saved everything. I saved the company. I saved our reputations. I saved Annie's marriage. Like, she did save the day. Yeah. Save the day. I think, like, Annie has a right to be upset at that because like well if if eventually she watches these videos and she sees the actual plan play out then she could be like oh wow emma really got involved in my life in my planning and it could have all been a lie like what if he never did send that gift and what if he didn't do the right thing she would have at least felt like okay great i'm welcome in the family and then what if there was actual drama you know she can't actually predict that part of what could have happened, but she just went on a gut feeling and went with it. I mean, what's interesting is this is making me think of the Netflix movie Set It Up. Oh, yeah. Where basically, you know, the assistants, they like set their bosses up. Because they know their schedules and their likes and dislikes so well. Exactly. Yeah. But the other sort of important part about that is every time their bosses like have a little trouble, they're like, oh no, we need to do something to keep them together. So they keep resolving the problems for their bosses so they don't actually learn how to resolve the problems themselves so that's kind of like what's so fake about the relationship is they don't actually know how to solve their own problems because they think everything keeps working out and i feel like emma can't do this for everybody she can't keep like let's pretend frank churchill never sent a gift okay that means he still has beef with annie and she has no idea he has beef with her like yep this is a wedding they've got a marriage to be worried about, you know? And yeah, Emma can't step into every single family problem that ever happens to anyone else, you know? Yeah, the wedding is just one day. 
yeah the marriage is for life hopefully so (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) for her to get involved in that way is is tricky you know she's there to plan the wedding she's not there to plan annie's life i mean what if down the road what if you know they kept having family problems and five years from now, Annie's like, I'm still not welcomed by his family. I want out of this marriage. Yeah. You know? Emma can't keep secretly sending pasta to yeah. makers every so, every often, it's every so not, often. And like, it's not going to solve every problem. Pasta makers are going to solve your family drama. Maybe that's the moral to be That's the moral of the story. <laughs> the moral of Emma approved. It's like, you can't fix everything. Yeah. You just have to let life happen. Yeah. But at least in the short term, things are solved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Annie's happy. Ryan's never going to know that there was this drama. Isn't that crazy? Ryan's going to see this one day and he's going to be like, you were going to end our wedding? <laughs> because my brother didn't send you a gift? And you know the first <laughs> thing he's going to say? It's going to be like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And that's the same question I have is like, if you have like issues with your yeah. marriage, why are you just canceling it instead of going to your husband? Talking to your husband being, or talking to your fiance and saying like, hey, I don't feel accepted by your family. And he's, well, maybe, maybe she brought it up and he was like, no, they love you. Yeah. And you know, there was some deeper, more internal issues that Annie was going through that maybe she was like, but everyone's so happy and I don't want to mess with the happiness. And, you know, she panicked and she canceled the wedding. Yeah. Thankfully, Emma was there. That's, I mean, that's life. You just have to get through it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go to the comments then. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode seven. Natasha says... Favorite episode so far. It portrays Emma's hidden vulnerability, Knightley being the only one who can truly handle Emma, and the dynamics of their relationship perfectly. I do like that about this episode. Yeah. Kellen says, according to an article by the show creators, this isn't actually a vlog. Emma isn't posting these videos on the internet. In universe, they're on her private computer. We're only supposed to know about this stuff on her blog and on her Twitter. Yeah, so the question that keeps coming up that I see in comments is like, so what's the point of these videos? Because I think with Lizzie, it was quite clear from the beginning, like, this is her thesis. She's posting these videos almost like in real time as they happen. And that's how the audience is able to respond and react versus this it doesn't feel like the audience has any real-time impact on them mm-hmm. maybe these are posted like months after all of this has already happened so we're looking at like a time capsule basically yeah it is a time capsule of like emma approved a year in their business sort of thing mm-hmm. so that's what's interesting we, we things are already resolved as we're watching them yeah so we don't have to like because with lizzie it was a big deal of like don't tell anyone about the videos right and with emma we don't have to be like don't tell ryan about the videos yeah. you know like don't tell like, anyone about they them. already know and whatever <laughs> bad feelings have already been resolved yes. we hope <laughs> sarah in the book emma may be a bit extreme in her pursuit of matchmaking but she never resorted to downright crazy unintelligent completely deceptive behavior she could have been a little manipulative but there's no way she would have told a lie of the magnitude she's wanting nightly to make happen in this episode. Like, I definitely watched that and I was like, oh, but like I was clutching my pearl. <laughs> I was scandalized by that lie. That was a, a whole other level of desperation in trying to save this wedding. Yeah, I don't know if in book Emma would have done something like that. Nope. Layla says, I think it was a little unreasonable for Annie to cancel the wedding just because of his brother. What about the man who loves you or you're in love with? Don't you owe it to him a hundred times more than his brother? Thank you, Layla. Thank you for saying that. I know this is a show. I know it's fiction. I know we need to create conflict. I'm just saying, if everyone just talked to their partners, there would be fewer problems to solve. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to episode eight. 
S.D. Durnell says she always thinks she's doing the right thing, but she has been misled into believing that whatever she thinks is the right thing. Hmm. We're going to be very annoyed with her a lot before the series is over, but she'll grow up soon enough. That's interesting. It's like every idea that's ever come up into her head she knows is right, which, yeah, isn't the best way to be leading a business because not all of your ideas are golden. I mean, she leads with her heart, and that's why she is Alex. Because he's the brain. Well, not not that she's not smart. It's just that no. he's extremely practical. Like, can you imagine if he also led with his heart and he's like, call an emergency meeting? That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be an awful partnership. Ashley. I love the way Knightley looks at her before he leaves. It's so heart flutterily cute. I can confirm this because you watched me be like, I can't look at him. <laughs> Fireword Sparkler said, I ship it so hard. I can't. This is when a lot of the shipping comments started to come up. (laughs) Shay says, that moment of silence after he compliments her, I ship that so hard. Yeah, this was- More shipping comments. So much shipping. Because of that one little moment between them, Mm -hmm. all of the comments were like, I ship this, I ship this. The fangirls noticed. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) And we are living for it. So, I mean, for now- Everything feels resolved, which yeah. is interesting because, like, that's that was a big part of these this first arc of the show of Annie Taylor's wedding, and all that's left is for the wedding to happen. I feel like we just steered the Titanic out of the direction of the <laughs> iceberg, and we're like watching the videos of what like actually happened. Like, if we're in an alternate universe and we see like, oh, they avoided the iceberg, like this is what would have happened if it hit, and we're like, thank God that never happened. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens next. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. approved.